<laughs> What's going on, guys? And today we are doing our power rankings as well as talking a little bit about Ben Simmons, Montrez Harold. We'll start off with Montrez Harold, then we'll talk some Ben Simmons, and then we'll get right into the power rankings. These are power rankings made by Jackson, aka Will Upton. He'll be here joining us in a second. Let me just queue up the music. Let me queue up the ticketer. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Tomorrow's a special episode because we'll be having Boston Celtics writer Justin Trombino joining us. Very excited about that stuff. So here we are. And <clears throat> interesting, but Montrez Harold just signed a two-year deal, technically a one-plus-one because one, it's a one-year deal with, a, with an option for the second year. And Jackson is joining us. So I was just talking about the fact that Montrez Harold has signed with the Sixers. What do you think of that? I love it. <clears throat> Damn, what's wrong with your voice? I don't know. I don't know nothing. Well, I don't know what that was. Sounds like you, you got fucked by a ghost in your sleep. <laughs> but either way, let's talk about this Montrez Harold. Do you agree with me? I actually said this. They now have a backup center. Their backup center was Paul Reed and Charles Basie, Barbassi. Now they have Montrez Harold, arguably one of, if not the best bench in the entire NBA. Now with the signing of Montrez Harold on a one plus one, two year deal, second year player option. But I want to hear your thoughts. What do you think of this? Daniel House, PJ Tucker, okay, George Niang, Matisse Thibault, DeAnthony Milton, Furkan Korkmaz, Daniel House. Shake Milton off the bench with Montrez Harold now. Yeah, we uh we'll talk about them a little bit later on. Uh, because I got some takes, so I'll save it for that. But I mean Philly looks great right now, man. They looked great before this signing. We talk, what's up, Josh? What's up, TP? We've talked about this before, man. Like if the legal situation was cleared with Trez, why the hell is he not signed? And some team had to go sign him before another team like if I'm any other team, I don't know if this makes sense, but even if I'm a random team, we'll use a random team like the Miami Heat. All right. I would rather, if I have an open squad, if I got open roster spot, I'd go steal Trez before he goes to another contender who's going to burn you, like the Philadelphia 76ers. So a lot of teams really messed this one up in Philly. You know, Daryl Morey just building up the Houston Rockets 2.0, and they're, uh, I absolutely love it, man. I really look, I really love it. No, I completely agree, and obviously there there really isn't a need to have a big man like Andre Drummond or a defensive big man because you have Joel Embiid, and they did the right thing, and they got themselves a big man who only needs to come in. Joel plays, what, about 34 minutes a night, 32 minutes a night, nothing insane, and that means for about only 16 minutes a night, 15, 16 minutes a night, sometimes 20, we'll see Montrez Harold, and that's all you need from him. He'll come in, and I, I truly believe Montrez Harold. Guess who was the coach and the assistant coach for him when he won the 2019 Sixth Man of the Year with the Clippers? <laughs> Doc Rivers and Sam Doc Cassell. Yeah. yeah. So he's going back to the coach that he won, you know, Sixth Man of the Year. And I honestly think if you look at this, last time he played 17 minutes a night in his first year with the Clippers, he averaged 11 points. And I could see him easily doing that. And his best year with the Clippers, he averaged a block a game. And with the Clippers, he averaged in three years basically a block a game. So can Doc Rivers get some defense out of Montrez? 
Probably. It's not like Trez. People act like Trez is some. Uh, people act like Trez is so bad on defense that he's just not startable. They're just stupid. People just forget that he's six seven with a seven four wingspan. Okay, that's unreal. Like people forget, Montrez Harold is a guy that is legitimately a dog and a guy that I think, for some reason, the NBA has just kind of like. They put in this bad cloud over Montrez Harold as if he's like a bad player. I'm not going to sit here and try to argue that he's an all-star because he's not. We both know that he's not an all-star. But can we both agree that Montrez Harold isn't deserving of, you know, like this is a guy that we all were amazed. What was he? Second round pick or undrafted? Worked his way up from the Rockets, was a throw-in in the Rockets trade. And he freaking breaks out on the Clippers and Ever since the Lakers, everyone's like been like, uh, Montrez Harold's overrated. So I don't know if you know why. Is it because of the CBA agreement? Is because because the money's about to change? But I don't know why it's September 6th. Training camp starts in a couple of weeks, and we have guys like Dennis Schroeder and Montrez Harold who are who are still unsigned. Well, this comes down to Kevin Durant and Donovan Mitchell literally putting the team, the the league on freeze for a month and a half. So now I don't know if you've noticed since both of them been traded, we've had probably like 10, 15 signings. Yeah. I mean, there's still a lot low. Like this is like, to me, the first, who was the last big one since Trez? It's been a while. Josh Jackson. Yeah, yeah, that was good. <laughs> but but you, you get what I'm saying is right here coming on the screen is our notable free agents. Lamarcus Aldridge, he's a little bit older. He's somebody you want to bring midseason at this point. Same thing with Dwight and Demarcus. All three of those guys are guys. I got to take off Montrez Harold on that list. But Montrez was the youngest guy on that list. If you look at everyone passing, Cousins, Whiteside, Mello. Trevor Ariza, Blake Griffin, Paul Millsap, Rodney Hood, Iguodala, Jeremy Lamb, Ben McElmore, DJ Augustine, Dennis Schroeder. Like Dennis Schroeder is the last good fish I think left out there that's like still young and you know has shit to prove. Yeah, like the last, maybe one of the more last super reliable players as far as start. Like health. Yeah, reliable and a guy who could actually start like Montrez. Yeah. Montrez Harold and Dennis Schroeder are with Montrez gone now. Dennis Schroeder is the last guy. We're not counting Miles Bridges in this. Is the is the last guy on the market that we could argue now that Colin Sexton's gone too. So Colin Sexton and Montrez Harold were the last guys who could produce at a starter level and actually be a rotational player. The rest of the guys in here are guys that are just if you brought them in, it's for more mentor or bottom of the bench roles. Not all those old guys. Sup Aaron. Sup Joshua. Sup Thomas Perry. So I think it's interesting. Now I need you to send me the the power rankings so we can get right into it. Or wait, 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 wait. Before we do the power ranking, I gotta share a video that's gonna blow your mind. You're gonna you're gonna watch this video and you're gonna be like, this isn't real. And I'm gonna be like, well, the crazy part about this that it is real. Okay, you ready for it? This is Ben Simmons in practice. Dude, ben he's been Simmons doing this for years, bro. I don't. Is this finally the year he deploys it in game? I hope you knew I was being sarcastic. I want you to know that we. Oh. This, look, like I wasn't actually getting hyped. I'm just saying Ben Simmons. 
year five of we get Ben Simmons off-season nice. three-point shots. That is nice. No, some of these plays are nice. I don't know why he's moving so slow. Like, he's moving slower than me out there, like, on some of his moves. But at the same time, you know, you don't go as fast as you normally do when you're you're running. Like, like you do go fast, but sometimes when you're – like, when I work on new moves until I feel confident, I don't run at full speed until, you know, I feel like I can – like, I'll go slow-stepped until I did it, like, 50 times slow, and then I'll start putting some speed on it. But little fun clip. Should I rerun it? Or are you good? Sure. That deep ass three. That's a deep three. That was a deep three by Ben Simmons. Then this corner step. I like that one. You remember um, the what game was it where they uh, like Ben? It, they were up by like a ton going into the second half, and Ben Simmons took a wide open three, and Joel gave him like the biggest hug ever. I might have. Can't remember what season that was, but that was so. Uh, Why? Because that was so cool. Shot? When he, yeah, he he like drained it, and everyone just lost it. It was a couple of years ago. So if we get a three point Ben Ben Simmons, I mean, we already have a Hall of Famer here in Ben Simmons, but uh, I don't know if that's a hot take. I mean, I don't know if, if he hot. is a three pointer. Fucking solidify that right there. Oh, 100 percent. If he has a three point shot, he's solidified as a stud. Is this the picture? No, but yeah, no. It's like a playoff win. I mean, you and I are both in agreement. If Ben Simmons averages at least 15, 6, and 6, or even what he averages rookie year, 16, 8, and 8, without a three-point shot, this team is going to, like, the conference finals at the very least. I said the same thing for Russell Westbrook. If Russell Westbrook averages what he averaged for in the last 38 games with the Wizards, which was 24 points a night – 13 assists and 11 and a half rebounds on 32% from three and one and a half steals a night. Literally, if he does that, Lakers are fucking like top three seed. It's the same thing with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, if he's averages 15, six and six with Kyrie and Kevin Durant and all his shooters around him, uh, it's over. Especially if he learns how to draw fouls. Sorry, this is um... – what are you doing? You fucking it's pissing me off. Well, I can't. I, evidently, I can't just share my screen with pictures. So I have no, to. no. Just send me them, and then I'll I'll pull them up. There's a way a workaround. Oh, shit. just text me them, and I'll pull them up on text. Text you them. Okay. Yeah. I was just. Are you on a Mac? Just send them through your iMessage. I don't have iMessage on the Mac. You don't have iMessage on your Mac. I don't trust it. Okay, you're you're something else, buddy. But but don't look at all of them right away. Okay, oh, I'll look at. Of the- course, they come out of order. <laughs> all right, here we go. I think you'll I'll be. Look- I think you guys will be impressed with. Um, all right, all right. I'm trying to keep my eyes closed. Are we going from one first? We're going to thirty. We're starting at thirty to twenty-five. Thirty to twenty-five. Okay, dude, this is actually really nice. I know. <laughs> Where'd you make these? I made it on Canva. They came out fucking fantastic. I know. They really did. <laughs> okay. You guys ready for Jackson's little... My little... Did I tell that story on this here where we had this, like, college golfer girl and she was dating yeah. this guy in the NFL? My little golf pod? Yeah, I saw... You still haven't told us who she's dating. Like, as oh. if it's a big deal. She's dating... Oh, you're right, dude. Wow, my memory is... 
concerning. Um, he's a tight end for a team in the NFC West. Okay, that's so vague, and obviously he plays for the Arizona Cardinals because no. she goes to Car. Wait, not the Cardinals, but he, she she goes, goes to Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks. Maybe. I don't know. It's Kobe Parkinson. Wow, what the fuck? <laughs> You're looking at like tight end depth charts in that NFC West right now? No, um, so I'm playing by – is it actually Kobe Parkinson? Yeah. So, no, the only reason I know that is, again, dude, I think I have like a monk-level memory. Like I have an encyclopedic memory when it comes to like depth charts. Smoking, that is crazy. Yeah. And uh, the other day – I play. I was playing franchise mode with the Seahawks, and when you start, Colby Parkinson's the youngest tight end on the Seahawks roster. Mm, cool. Yeah, I'm a fucking nerd. I'm a fucking. I want to get to that level. What that you just memorize, dude? I could sit here and name off every roster in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, like, I want to be able to do that because you could just make a video for like an hour. I can. That's what I do. I don't. Have, yeah. <laughs> most of the time, I don't have shit in front of me unless I'm hard to pull. I'm just wow. naming rosters off the top of my head. Same thing with salaries. Wow. Jesus. Okay. Indiana so, Pacers. Real quick, Aaron. This is um, this is the the J, the Jepper poll. So basically, I listen to this college football podcast, Josh Pate, and he does the JP poll. And uh, so these are my power rankings, and this is the first one of the season. I think I'll probably wait until the first week once preseason is done. Well, I don't know if you want to get down on this or if you have yours ready to go after. I mean, if the power ranking, I, I'm down to react to be like, okay. if you want to be power ranking, boy, we'll call these the, uh, the, the Jackson, Jackson's power rankings. Jackson Elster's power rankings. Jackson Elster's power rankings. I'm like, oh, is that with the Jipper? The Jepper. Yeah, yeah, the Jepper rankings. Yeah. The Jepper rankings. The Jepper oh. poll. All right. So, so lead yeah. it off. Go ahead. Tell us why these are the <laughs> five worst teams in the NBA, in your opinion, and why <laughs> they are there. So first off, this was really fucking hard. <laughs> like I had, this was really fucking hard. Um, I have Indiana at the end here because I so real quick. These are power ranking. These are just straight up power strength of your rotation. This is just pure strength of rotation. Okay, okay. I have troubles with Indiana. They completely sucked last season when they made some of their moves. Tyrese Halliburton's a really good player. Benedict Mathurin's a really good player, but I don't think they're anywhere near the level of like being able to win your team games. I do anticipate Miles Turner, Buddy Heald to be off of that squad, but even if they aren't, I mean, this is a bottom team team, unfortunately. But good thing for Indiana, they are rebuilding. I got Houston, OKC, Spurs, Charlotte, Utah up there. I don't think any of those are really um, all that surprising. I like Houston, but I don't think there's too much talent that's going to get them wins. Uh, same thing with OKC, same thing with San Antonio. Uh, Charlotte, I don't even really understand Charlotte. At this point. I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte was the worst team in the league. Um, but they have they got some solid role players. And then Utah, I don't think that they're like a clear walkaway number one choice in the draft. Like I don't think that they're like a lock to have the worst record. I think they have the best roster as of right now, even if you take away Boyan Bogdanovich and Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley and Rudy Gay from that roster, I would have them in front of, you know, everyone except Charlotte. I would like after they trade all those guys, I would still have them in front of everyone else. Should, should I change these? Cause that they're 25. I might have to flip the way they're 
No, well, no, I think Charlotte and Utah are at the same place because I think we can't give Charlotte any points because they didn't make any moves. They hired their old coach. They're thinking about signing Kemba when he gets bought out. Like, what are we doing? Are we going back to 2015? I can't give Hornets any points. I, I have to – I think, yeah, you could move on, but I think the Hornets and the Jazz, 25-26 is the same ranking regardless. You know, like I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz and the Hornets have the same record. 100%. I meant, I meant the way this was listed, but I, I was just confused. But, yeah, I, I agree, man. I don't know what is going on. With Charlotte Charlotte fans are actually like super optimistic they're super hopeful and you know we've talked about it just then or sorry Miles Bridges if that situation was cleared I mean they're you know kind of right back up there at, at playing territory yeah and with the Miles Bridges situation I mean we don't even know if we're going to get the same Miles Bridges of last year because oh yeah you, people don't realize is that the whole the me- the mental part people don't realize that the stuff in your personal life, the stuff that happens off the court affects, you know, your play on the court. And I think this first, this season is a test. And this, the test is, do we have the guys around LaMelo that are needed? Or do we have to blow this up and try to pull like a Portland Trailblazers-esque year where halfway through the season they realize i mean if lamella were to get hurt for the entire of the year they would oh, just geez. they they would pull portland trailblazers and blow this team up and That's just call sure, it yeah. but mm-hmm. i think this year they're testing it and they're basically saying hey charlotte are the players on the team right now capable of helping lamella if they don't believe that is the case then they're going to have to blow this up and i think it's it's really they're kind of in a Utah Portland boat where I personally think they should try it for half mm-hmm. the seat, like for a quarter, or half the season, see if Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward and company can get it done. If not, let's package Terry Rozier. Let's package basically everyone on the roster, not named LaMelo. I don't care for mm-hmm. any of these players. Okay? Well, yeah. And we'll know a little bit more about like the guys like Book Knight and um, you know, Kai, We'll see but, if PJ Washington yeah. will look good. Yeah. I also but I don't say I, really cool. what go go. This is not related to the Hornets. Oh, okay, let me finish the Hornets. Not. I like the Hornets guys as role players, but I don't like any of the guys on the starting lineup as starters besides Lamelo. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Okay, go. What you were gonna say? We can switch. I was there. just gonna say because I knew it right when it came out of out of my mouth that I said it wrong because we have Thomas. I. I didn't mean like I wanted to flip Charlotte in Utah's rankings because that's what you and Thomas thought. I meant like should I have it as 30 at the top going down to 25 for future? Like look-wise, let me know if this should be flipped. 30 at the top, 25 at the bottom. But we'll, I don't think so. So we'll – sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. You want to go to the next ones? Yes, I do. <laughs> this one's going to be <laughs> – Oh, you guys thought you guys thought it was gonna be a nice little casual power ranking, didn't you? No, 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 no. I have some takes. I think I think this is the one where is the only one I could see people getting mad with one team. Laughs and evil. Oh, one second. I didn't get why that wouldn't show. 
No dead air. No dead air. No dead air. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Oh, this gives me so much joy. Oh so God, we have so at 24. Sorry. So in the last one we had, what was it? We had the worst team being the Pacers, second worst being the Rockets, then the Thunder. Then you had the Spurs, then the Hornets, then the Jazz. Now we go at 24, Detroit, 23, Sacramento, at 22, Orlando, at 21, the Wizards, Washington Wizards, at 20, the Memphis Grizzlies, and at 19, the New York Knicks. Let me hear why you have these next five teams as your guys, especially with a team that was a 50-win team last year. That is true. That is true. So... You know, I have a lot of faith, actually, in the long term of Orlando, Sac, and Detroit. But as far as pure firepower goes, I mean, they're all missing it. You know, there's no – as of right now, like, you got Cade. I guess you have Sabonis, Fox. I don't know who – maybe you'd lean more towards Fox in that situation. Orlando, we haven't seen it quite yet, which is why – I would I would say Orlando could be anywhere, like, from, like, 18 to 20. But – for right now, I haven't seen Paolo Bancaro play professional NBA basketball yet, so I'm going to hold my horses here. Washington's solid, man, but I think they're always just, like, so close to me. Like, they're always just, like, so close. And these rosters aren't based on health or anything like this. Um, so I'm assuming you have a healthy Bradley Beal, Kyle Kuzma, Kristaps Porzingis. You have a healthy Orlando squad. You have a healthy squad for all these teams in these power rankings. I just don't know if Washington has enough players who are going to completely take over a game when you need them to take over a game. And so I think 21 is a pretty fair estimate for Washington because, you know, man, you get one injury. This team's going to be probably somewhere around their record last season. Um, I'm buying into Washington, but they always do this thing where they have like an impressive offseason where they make these like nice little moves and then they start off like 16 and seven, and then they just get one injury and completely fall off from there out. So we'll see what that Memphis, I don't get why Memphis is a great basketball team. I really don't get it. I don't buy the second seed in any way, shape or form. And then you lose like some of the most critical players like the Anthony Mount. I mean, that's a big-ass loss. You're, replace, you're replacing him and Kyle Anderson with Danny Green. Danny Green might not even make the roster because of his ACL pair. So you have an injured Jaron Jackson Jr. as it stands right now. You have Steven Adams, who's solid. Dylan Brooks, solid. Desmond Bain. Like, they're solid, but I really don't think that there's anything on this team. This is a little – you know, 20 might be a little bit ridiculous. might be a little far-fetched. But I, as far as just pure firepower goes, man, I, I don't think they have enough star pieces on this team. They have quality role players, and this is where quality role players will get you. And then with the Knicks, I mean, you don't really know what you're going to get from New York, right? They were the fourth seed in the playoffs two years ago, and then you went to they missing the playoffs. Yeah. But you have a ton of talent. I mean, and you added talent. You got Jalen Brunson. You got a stud in Jalen Brunson, a 21-7 and Jalen Brunson. So if New York's healthy, I don't see any reason why they won't be hovering around the playing tournament as good as the East is looking. All right, let me give my reaction to this. I agree with 24-22 to because I think we've talked about this before. Detroit and Orlando are the dark horse playing teams, the two teams that are – 
I think the farthest ahead in their rebuilds out of the five, six rebuilding teams in the NBA. And Sacramento, we we don't know. We don't know. They're a team that wants to be in the playoffs, and you and I both have faith in Mike Brown, but will that be enough? We don't know. And again, on paper, there are holes on this team, specifically on the defensive side, and DeMontis Sabonis did not look good in his, you know, quarter of a season play with the Aaron Fox. Now, I wish I could argue against what you said about the Wizards, but you're right. Uh, you know, this Wizards team could be way better, could be way better if fully healthy, if Kristoff and Kyle look like they close out the season and Bradley Beal looks like the guy from 2018 to 2019. This team could be way better. But you're right. You're right. You're right. Because if Denny Avia doesn't take the jump, if, you know, a couple other guys, Will Bar and Monte Morris don't take the jump with more usage rate and all that, especially if an injury happens to one of their, you know, seven, eight guys in their main rotation – I agree the Wizards could be fucked. And young coach still, even though I have faith in Wes Unsell, there's just Man. questions of questions around the Wizards that I agree we can't sit here and be fully committed to saying that they're a top 20 team in the NBA. So I agree with that. The Knicks, I'm in the same accordance, even though they got Donovan Mitchell. What is this and team? The defense? The Knicks got Mitchell? Oh, I mean, not Mitchell. Fuck me. Fuck me. Not me. <laughs> They didn't get Mitchell. They didn't get Mitchell. I, I literally said that they got Mitchell. They didn't get Mitchell in the Knicks. And that worked out. They kept the team. But either these young guys are old defensive studs or this team still has a lot of questions around the defense. Memphis, Memphis. I'm not on the same boat with you in Memphis that they're as bad as one person to the left of me thinks, or below me in this case. But... What I do believe with Memphis is, will they regress? Yes, of course, they did. I don't know if overachieved, but I think maybe, oh, you know, they performed better than everybody expected last year. And there's injuries on the roster. They're expecting a lot more of their younger guys to continue to take the jumps in the same, you know, sequence as the other guys have taken their jumps. So hopefully the two timelines on this team aren't too far apart. And guys like Jake LaRavia, Santi Aldama, and Xavier Tillman and co. can figure it out until Jaron Jackson Jr. gets back. But, again, there's questions with Dylan Brooks. There's questions with Steven Adams. There's questions with, you know, even John Morant and his shooting. Will he take his game to the next level? I think uh, there's nothing more else. It's just this: these five teams are the teams with the biggest questions. Yeah, exactly. That's and that's why they're here. And I, I, I can't argue with this ranking because they're here for that reason due to the fact that, you know, they're, there's a lot of, there's more question marks than answers on these teams. Yes, now let's, <laughs> let's move on to the next one. I really do fuck with these graphics. All right. I could do, I could probably do these for you too. Ooh. I don't really do. Oh, and the goal, the thought is that the on the right, that's going to be the difference. So I'll put the arrows. I'll put the arrows on the left side instead of the square if they move. The line you mean on the yeah, and I'll move them to the right. The difference, like plus or minus. All right, we're back here with 
So now 18, <laughs> we have the Portland Trailblazers. 17, we have the Atlanta Hawks. At 16, we have the uh, no, the Dallas Mavericks. At 15, we have the Miami Heat. At 14, we have the Chicago Bulls. And at 13, we have the Phoenix Suns. So if, for your understandings, these would be the bottom teams either playing in or bottom playoff teams in each of the respected conference as they are – I, a little there's more east teams in here as there's only actually there's three of each right yeah. am i wrong or five i can't count is there six teams six teams yeah there's three of each so now will or jackson i don't know <laughs> saying will threw me off jackson <laughs> i want to hear why 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 I, you know there's a few i can get back behind there's a few some people are going to kill you for Portland. Some people are going to love you for Portland. Really? Well, some I people have Portland. no – there's a lot of people who have no – people from – like people who don't like Damian Lillard have no faith in Portland. Yeah, so I base Portland around – you know, Dame's never been under 500 in his career when he's played the season. So, you know, Portland's going to make the playoffs here. I do think it'll be a playing team just because of how good the Western Conference is, which we'll see pretty soon here in the top 10. But, you know, Portland, Atlanta, Dallas, to me, I think they're very close. You know, you all have superstars. But the surrounding pieces, I have a lot of question marks. You know, I have a lot of question marks. Are guys like, you know, what's Jeremy Grant, Nurkic going to look like? Um you know, Portland to me could either fall, they could get to as high to like 15 or they could fall back to 21. I think 18 is pretty safe for them. But with Damian Lillard, you just can't, when I have a healthy Damian Lillard, I just can't count them out of making the playoffs because they're going to make the playoffs. Atlanta and Dallas, I think these are two very similar teams. And I think this is very fair on both of them. Dallas had major scoring problems last season, and we really saw how badly scoring issues they had when we got into the playoffs. It was really only Luka on a consistent basis. You lost Brunson, but you got Christian Wood. But I still don't think surrounding pieces with Dallas or Atlanta that there are enough. Like, you know, from Atlanta, I need more from DeAndre Hunter. I need more. For, I need second-year John Collins. I need almost 20 point per game, John Collins. I need a Clint Capella who is showing me that, like, yes, it's useful having you on our court. Because as far as I'm concerned right now, Clint's like, he's just, I don't think he does, doesn't move the needle, but he doesn't not move the needle. So I think Dallas and Atlanta are right there. Miami, I, I, I the fall off, I'd honestly pair Miami with Phoenix of the fall off of the point guards. Kyle Lowry looked horrible, horrible in the playoffs last season. Terrible. And so if Kyle Lowry, oh man, these are like good teams, all three of these teams and a fully healthy Chicago has got to be, you know, that's a good team. Phoenix almost lost to New Orleans, Miami, I think just completely lucked their way through the playoffs. Um, they're good. All these are going to be good regular season teams, but I don't think they're at the championship caliber level yet. Now, let me tell you. Okay, Portland, I love Portland. And I think pointing them at 18 is a bit being a bit safe because I think they could definitely be way higher. And that's because Anthony Simons could become CJ McCollum for them, and they have Jeremy Grant. 
They also, this is a team that I personally think has a lot of talent in a lot of places. Gary Payton II is a guy that I think is underrated. Everyone's going to be like, hey, he's just good for Golden State. He's not going to be good for anybody else. Now, this team has defense. This team has offense. I think Portland's the sneakiest team out of all these teams. Josh Josh Hart's another guy who could really win six man of the year if if he doesn't start this year, which I think personally he should start. I like the lineup of Josh Hart, Anthony Simons, my man, Damian Lillard, Jeremy Grant, and Yosef Nurkic. Then you have off the bench. I mean, some people might not like that, but I think when you look at the Portland Trailblazers, it's it, – I just think Chauncey Billups – comes from the, the Clippers, so he's going to use smaller lineups. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, I like Nazir Little. I have faith in him. But Damian Lillard, Josh Hart, Gary Payton, Anthony Simons, Jeremy Grant, Yosef Nurkic are the main guys with Drew Eubanks, Justice Winslow, Nazir Little, Josh Hart. I could see, you know, coming off the bench, but I would like him starting just because he gives you defense and rebounding. But now if you go mm-hmm. real, real quick, I think Portland, a lot of Portland fans, and they've kind of bought me into Nazir Little starting just because of matchup wise. Same, I agree. More length and you like, I like that Josh Hart coming off the bench, getting 30 a night, closing lineup. But yeah. there's, as far as bench scoring goes, uh, I do have concerns, and that's why they're going to put Anthony, probably, they're probably going to sub him out within three, four minutes. Yeah, I agree with that. They're going to start Anthony. Uh, Portland Trailblazers fans have com- have convinced me. Uh, you know, I was I was trumping the horn that Anthony should come off the bench, but everyone's convinced me that he should start and come off and go to the bench after five minutes. And then same thing with Nazir. They're like, if Anthony starts, you got to start Nazir so Josh Hart can score off the bench because you saw what Josh can do scoring wise this past year. So I agree with that. Now, Atlanta, I agree with Clint Capella. Clint Capella and Steven Adams are kind of the same, like even though like different play styles. But in the same – like they're, they're a good center. Like, you know, they're centers that a team like the Golden State Warriors where if your center position is a position you don't rely on and you just need a guy who's a solid starting center, Clint Capella and Steven Adams are those guys. They're good guys. You know, they'll have seasons where they're borderline all-stars, but they're guys who are going to average – 10 11 points 14 on a good year with 10 11 rebounds and a block a game you know maybe two but they're not athletic enough to keep up with the athletic players in the nba dallas i agree with you that dallas they're either going to be the same team they were last year during the regular season or they're going to improve it all hinges on you know wood and mcgee being good additions as well as either the guards they have on the roster being able to replace Jalen Brunson or a guard like Dennis Schroeder that they bring in will be able to help replace Dennis I mean replace nice. Jalen Brunson. Now I mean Dennis Schroeder just had his best game of the Eurobasket in front of two NBA executives. You want to guess who those executives were? Dallas and both were Dallas, Nico Harrison and Michael oh. Finley the general manager and the president of basketball operations of the Dallas Mavericks had front row courtside seats to see Dennis Schroeder drop like 30 points for. Okay. Atlanta. Look, Aaron, you, you, <laughs> I, I, we know they got DeJounte Murray and I love, I love them and I think they're going to be better defensively, but there's still other questions on the roster that I think DeJounte Murray and Trey young are the two best players on this team. 
Okay. The questions now, and we've talked about Atlanta a bunch, is that for this team to take the next step, we need John Collins to look like the guy he was two years ago. We need DeAndre Hunter to look like the guy he was two years ago before he got hurt. Then this is a top five team in the East easily and arguably a top eight team in the NBA if those two things happen. But I can't say subjectively that I'm fully confident that's going to happen because I don't know what to expect from Collins or Hunter. I, I want to say real quick, DeJounte has always been a solid – right, he actually hasn't always been a – the last two seasons he's been a really solid basketball player, but this last year was really the year he broke out. And if you go back to, like, the last time that DeJounte was – or that I guess that the Spurs were – oh, goodness. 2017, 2018, when they made the playoffs, and, you know, that's a 21-year-old DeJounte Murray playing 21 a night. So I need to see – DeJounte do this on a team where he has an actual other superstar. Atlanta, they have the potential. You know, they're going to be a good team. That East is deep, though, man. That East is really deep. <laughs> Jasmine severely disagrees. Um, but it's not like... You know, I don't mean to – all five – all six of these teams are good basketball teams. But I think Atlanta is very similar to, to Dallas right now and, and even arguably Miami. Um, so we'll see. I, I say this all the time. I, I really want Atlanta to prove me wrong. And I've really been growing my love for Atlanta ever since I've met Aaron. Um, so I don't know, Aaron, if you have a rebuttal – but, um, you know, Cleveland didn't have a proven superstar last year. And they were, like, very close to having a home seed before injuries devastated them. And they had one of the hard – they had a top five strength schedule. What were we just talking about? What did you just say? Atlanta? Okay, yeah, no. Sorry, my – I'm going to the Lake of the Ozarks this weekend, and one of my friends is dog-sitting my dog while I go because I can't bring her on the trip, and he just stopped by because he was going to, like, you know, like, stop by and do the – like, I'm going to show him the routine. And I was just like, I, I'm i like mid-show, bro. So he's, so he's going over to my, one of my friend's house across the uh, – in the same apartment complex to smoke pot till I'm done. But So let's go over – okay. Whatever Jackson just said about Atlanta, we were just talking about Dallas. We have questions about Dallas. I agree with Miami. The point guard play is why Miami isn't higher. We don't know what the fuck is going on with Kyle Lowry. Either Kyle Lowry is going to be the same guy and Gabe Vincent takes the jump and they run Gabe mm. Vincent and Kyle Lowry and that's good enough or it's just going to be shit. But I have faith in Miami. Chicago, defense, baby, defense. And we don't know how good that defense will be without Alonzo Ball. Even though there's Alex Caruso there, Patrick Williams, and, you know, they still have Io DeSumo, drafted Dale and Terry. There's just defense is what's going to keep Chicago going from the next level. And I agree with the Suns. We've said this all year. There's got to be a top dog that regresses. And sadly, those two teams are the Memphis Grizzlies and the Phoenix Suns. And we think the Phoenix Suns, there's something bigger going on underneath the surface that we don't know with players like Jay Crowder wanting out and they didn't make many moves. So this team, just another team that's just stagnated. You agree? Oh yeah. All right. I'm so, going to sold on Phoenix, but I also have a 
You the stays for Chris Paul. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what's your Chris Paul is like the like out of all basketball players, I want to say Chris Paul is like the least hated basketball player, and I think you hate on Chris Paul because nobody hates on Chris Paul. Chris Paul's a douchebag. Chris Paul is like the least hated basketball player in the NBA. That's a lie, but like I'm a healthy hammy away from an NBA finals ring right here. That's like the only thing people hate on Chris Paul is that he anytime he could have won an NBA championship, he got hurt. Like, how is that his fault? Be healthy. Oh my be god. Healthy. Like, don't like, get hurt. How's that sound? Just don't get hurt. I understand if it happens a couple of times, but okay, not so, every so, fucking time. So, so tell Greg Odom not to be born with a leg two inches shorter than the other leg. That's that's a tough, tough draw there. Yeah. That's what you said. Be healthy. Tell tell Greg Odom, be healthy. Even though Greg one, Odom one, hasn't played in the NBA for 17 seasons. All right. So with I, no, nothing to show for it. Nothing to show for it. He went so, to the NBA. Didn't he went, did he go to the totals. NBA finals or did he win an NBA finals with the Heat? The Heat just did him Greg a Odin, So even more so, if Greg Odin's got a finals ring. He's got, he at least has something to prove or show <laughs> for it. Let's see if he has a final. Dude, he's only 34. Greg Odin. Wow. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> he is not old at all. 30, he 40. is currently, you know, he's part of the – as he's the director of basketball operations for Butler University. Nice. Yeah, good for him. And, no, he lost. He lost to the Spurs. He was on the, the Miami Heat team that lost to the Spurs. Uh-huh. Damn. Yeah. But – you know, basically in 25 games in China, he averaged 13 and 13 and two blocks a game. Hmm. All right, done with Greg Oden. So at 12, we have the New Orleans Pelicans. At 11, we have the Toronto Raptors. At, tw- at 10, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. At 9, the Brooklyn Nets. At 8, the Denver Nuggets. And at 7, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Goddamn blasphemy. I'm just kidding. You can't put the Timberwolves any higher. Yeah, I mean, it, it's with, with Minnesota. I mean, you have there's so much talent on this squad, and I'm using just pure power. I mean, Rudy Gobert, Carl Anthony Towns, it's gonna work, dude. It, it's just gonna work. So, Anthony Edwards, you got the D'Angelo Russell. That's a top 10 team to me, right there. And I, I think these are all pretty fair. I think these are all teams that are right next to contenders. Um, I, you know, I I actually think this is like – I think my top 12 are just like perfect. I really – I just truly think they're perfect. Okay, I think run, this is perfect right here, 7 to Run 12. through it. Run through it from Pelicans to the Timberwolves. Let me hear why. So the Pelicans, 36 and 46. They made a big-ass move <laughs> getting C.J. McCollum. And now you have a healthy Zion Williamson. And they're just loaded. I mean, there is some bench concerns there as far as bench scoring goes. But – Still, their offensive or sorry, their starting lineup has enough offensive and defensive power, in my opinion, to propel them to a confirmed top six seed in the East or West, at least. I mean, they were so close to taking down Phoenix, and I guess not so close losing in six, but they're close. Toronto was 48 and 34, like they were really good last season. And if some injuries didn't occur at the end of their year, they probably take down Philly, in my opinion. And all they did was improve their bench, and that's all they needed to do. And now we're going to see what Scotty Barnes year two looks like. Cleveland gets that upper nod from Toronto for me because of Donovan Mitchell. Um, 
I'm a big Cleveland supporter, man. This team was really freaking good in the first half of last year. And, um, you know, I think what would change them to becoming a contender would be, you know, Darius Garland's going to be all-star, but you'd probably need a breakout of like Evan Mobley to just cement himself into a star in the league or, you know, even more bolder, um, like a guy like, why can't I think of this freaking guy's name? I, we talk about him all the time. I'm so big. Isaac Okoro, dumbass. Isaac Okoro, I think, you know, if he like molds into a you know 15 point per game player, Evan Mobley, I don't even know, man, what he's capable of, like 22 and 10, something like that. I, Cleveland's really good, but the, the Donovan Mitchell move just has their star power just slightly ahead of Toronto to me. Uh, Brooklyn's really good because they have Kevin Durant and Kyrie, and I like TJ Warren a lot. I liked, I think they salvaged their offseason as good as they possibly could have. I really think that, like, as what the, the cards they were dealt, everything the Brooklyn Nets franchise has gone through as well in the last like year. I mean, 44 and 38 with a very injured team, but you just can't count out that starting lineup. Denver is really solid, but, you know, I'm going to need a breakout year for Mike Porter Jr. to get them to true to contenders. And um, I talked on, I touched on Minnesota, same thing. You know, if Anthony Edwards turns into an MVP candidate, you know, right there, top six, possible top six. Yeah, no. So for me, New Orleans, I think the reason why they're not higher is if it's the same team as last year, 12 is perfect. The reason why they're not higher is we don't know how Zion Williamson's going to look, how this team's going to fit, and as well as what's the bench going to be like, especially with scoring and defense are the two things. There's not a lot of scoring off the bench and defense. but And as well as – this team is another team that they're one injury away from one of their top players from being, you know, I think losing Zion again wouldn't be that big of a deal because we've seen what they can do without him, but losing like Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum, that would be, that would, that would be like a hard pill to swallow. Now Toronto, they're having the largest training camp in NBA history. I don't know how they have more than 20 guys on their roster, but Toronto just told anybody and everybody that we like who's long and lanky and can play two-way, please come to our training camp because we need to rebuild this bench. We got like eight guys on this roster. The next 15 of y'all are trying out for the last seven spots, okay? And I think that's good because Toronto's downfall was that they staggered their top seven play Literally by the playoffs – they had a seven-man rotation with Thad Young and I think Precious Achua. Boucher. I think Boucher might have been hurt at one point. I think it was like a seven- to eight-man rotation where the three guys off the bench were big men. No guards off the bench. Yeah. No guards. Yeah. So it's you had Armani time. Brooks playing valuable minutes there. Yeah. So you're telling 16 people. Thank you for watching. And so, Wow. Yeah. So thanks. So thank you. But you're exactly like Toronto, they're having this giant training camp because they're like, we need more guards and swing men, guys who can play shooting guard and small forward. So that's that's what the Raptors are doing. And if they find that those pieces, this team's way better. Cleveland, I love them. Okay. And they made them they gave up barely nothing to get themselves Donovan Mitchell. Obviously, there's concerns with the defensive capabilities of that small ass backcourt, but don't care. You got Isaac Okoro who can play small forward, and then you got Jared Allen. And Evan Mobley and Robin Lopez all right there. So shut the fuck up with Kevin Love. But this is a team 
Cleveland Cavaliers, they're a top 10 team in the NBA. The only thing holding them back is I think Rubio won't be back till February. So will the bench be able, like Karis LeVert now being moved to the bench and them having Jetty Osman and Raul Neto, Ricky Rubio, like that bench is fine. I'm fine with the bench. It's just the younger guys do need to take the jump. We need, like Karis LeVert could go win six man of the year. He's in a position to do it. Brooklyn, I mean, Brooklyn could end up way higher. There's concerns, I think, with this team defensively. They have the shooters. They have the shooters. TJ Warren, Kessler, Edwards, Seth Curry, Joe Harris, Edmund Summer, okay? And, you know, obviously Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Defense is the question here because Nick Claxton, Ben Simmons, are, and David Duke are arguably your three best defenders with Kevin Durant probably being your fourth best defender. Which like isn't a bad thing. Like Kevin Durant is a good defender, but like, you know, you you want this team to have more defenders on there. And like, what is Dayron Sharp? Is Ben Simmons the center? What's the lineup? There's and what's the bench like? This bench, TJ Warren's cool. Also, that's another shooter, TJ Warren. But like, TJ Warren's another guy who could win six man of the year. They also have Cam Thomas, who like if his shooting comes around. It, there's just questions with this team, like how. The Brooklyn Nets could be way better or they could be way worse. They're, like, they're up in the air. Denver, they're awesome. But I don't see them being anything lower than rank eight. The only thing keeping them from being rank higher is health. And question marks around, will Bones Highland take the jump? Can Christian Brown, you know, be effective? Zeke Nanji as their backup center? Just questions. Minnesota? They're all they're they probably have one of the best starting fives in the NBA. Mm. Gobert Towns, Jalen McDaniels, Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell. Awesome. But then it goes Torian Prince, Jordan McLaughlin, Naz Reed. And then the Yeah, but after those guys, the whole bench is a question mark with the, the Timberwolves. So I think this is good. I think we what what you you said this at the beginning when we first started. These six teams are teams that are almost contenders, but they have one or two question marks on each of their rosters, and that is why they aren't contenders. Yeah, that's now for the moment of truth. All right, 15 people watching the first ever Jepper rankings, the Jepper rankings, the Jackson Alstro power rankings. How long did this take you to make? 20 minutes. That's nice, it's cute. All righty. Drum roll, please. At six, we have the Boston Celtics. At five, the Milwaukee Bucks. At four, the Los Angeles Lakers. At three, the Philadelphia 76ers. And at two, the Golden State Warriors. And now, the number one spot being held by the same team that I would have put up Manide number one spot, the Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I think everybody would agree with these top six. Probably if the Lakers were subbed out with like maybe Brooklyn. I don't know because I, I don't know. If people don't like LeBron. Um. So coming in at number six, the um. You know what's unfortunate for Boston now is that their off season basically is just now Malcolm Brogdon. Like the whole Gallinari thing is just it's over. So if you get mellow, I will probably put you a top four um 
But, you know, in order for Boston to win a championship, I need Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to be that guy. I don't know who it is going to be quite yet. I thought it was going to be Tatum, but Brown outplayed him statistically in, in the finals. So until one of them proves me, like, I need or I'd want um, an MVP, Jason Tatum, or I would want a – I don't know. There's just that there was that even after game one, and we can go back. I actually want to. I might listen to our finals while, when I'm driving to Nashville tomorrow. Like it's just they're good, but I at no point, even when they took down Golden State in game one, I never thought Boston was going to win that series. So I think they're like just like two like two more bench pieces now because of Danilo going down. Um, I think Melo would do a lot for him, and I you know I just. Got to see continual development from all their pieces, but I do expect decline from Al Horford. Um, and they're, they're, I still have some question marks with Boston. Milwaukee, a healthy big three. Milwaukee is making the NBA Finals, and they're probably losing to Golden State, in my opinion. They do have some depth ish, depth concerns now, I think is the proper word. Uh, but their starting lineup still, to me, that is a championship caliber roster. Lake Show, a lot of people disagree with this one, but, you know, I, I think from a Chicago Bulls fan, you know, I've counted LeBron out plenty of times and it's always come back to bite me. So I am not going to bank on a 33 and 49. I don't care if Russ is on that team, off that team, if they trade him. I don't care. They could cut him for chopped liver. You got a healthy LeBron James and you have a healthy Anthony Davis. That's going to be one of the best teams come playoff time um, as far as power goes. Philly, this was before the Trez move. I still probably have them at three, but they had – possibly the best offseason um pj tucker is the difference maker that is a difference maker if pj tucker is not on milwaukee milwaukee probably loses to the phoenix suns he does so much for you on the defensive end and he is still kicking it and he's still banging those threes in that corner pj tucker he gets those buckets golden state really good team um you know, there is some concerns with the backup bigs, but I think the Jamichael move was solid. Kavon Looney is Mr. Consistent. And, um, you know, Golden State is – they're the defending champions. But on paper, I do think Los Angeles is a lot deeper and they have a lot more proven players. And I think anytime you have a Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, we know – we've seen Kawhi do it time – we've seen Kawhi do it several times in his career. And – um you know, it really just boils down to health for Los Angeles. But on paper, a healthy Clippers squad. Fuck. <laughs> now, dead no dead air, no dead air. So what I was trying to find out while you were talking, when was the last time LeBron went two years in a row without making the playoffs? And, Never. And the thing is, is LeBron went to the playoffs – Technically, in 2020 to 21 season, and they played six games. So the last time LeBron went two years without going to playoffs were his first two years in the NBA when he went 33 and 46 his rookie year, 41 and 39 his second year. His third year, they went 47 and 32. And this, as you guys know, this past year, LeBron also, for the first time since his rookie year, had a losing record when playing. His rookie year, he was 41.8% win percentage. This year, he had a 44.6. Even though he played 45 games in 2020 to 21, he was 30 and 15 in those games when healthy. Year before, 15 and 17. 
Okay. So this is a, a man, even in his first year in LA, in the 55 games he played, he was 50.9% win share, 28 to 27. So yeah, I have nothing. I'm with you. I'm, I might not have the Lakers as high. I might, in my mind, switch the Lakers out with Boston mm-hmm. because I still think there's a few moves the Lakers need to make. I think they either should make a trade with the Spurs for Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott, and, y- and Jakob Pertle, if they can, or make a trade with the the Jazz for Boyan Bogdanovich, Malik Beasley, and Jordan Clarkson, which I think would be would, – I then would put them at four. But – Boston, they would be ranked higher if they signed Carmelo to replace Danilo. It's just they kind of went down in my mind now that Danilo's got hurt because they really only got one player now this offseason. Milwaukee's basically the same team. They did add some guys that I, I do like what the Bucks did this offseason. They brought in – who was the point guard they brought in this offseason? They brought in Joe Ingles, but I think – I like their pick in Marlon Bochamp too. Mar- Marjan Bochamp's a rookie that I think who can – could make a big impact, and they're still going to bring back Jordan Waro, still a free agent. They have Javon Carter, and yeah, Javon Carter is who they brought back to, and they still have who Javon Carter will place George Hill. Lakers, we just said Lakers, Boston, Milwaukee. I think they're all in the same tier, and then the next tier is the Sixers, Golden State, Clippers. The Sixers, like you said, probably had the best offseason, and I would put the Clippers not so far behind that. Because, look, the Sixers, Daniel, we talked about this in the beginning of the video, Daniel House, P.J. Tucker, Montrez Harold now, and as well as bringing back James Harden on a discount, they were able to do that. And they also traded for DeAnthony Milton, who's a great, you know, defensive player and and a guy who is a two-way threat for them. They still have Shake Milton, still have Forkhan Korsmaz, Georges Niang off the bench. And they actually brought him and they still have Matisse Thibel. And then they have Paul Reed, Jaden Springer and Isaiah Joe, Isaiah Joe and Paul Reed tore up the summer league this year. So I think right now of these six teams, I would say the Sixers have the deepest bench in the NBA. Nice. I don't know if you agree with that. I like, and you know, I'm not a Sixers fan. I am not a Sixers fan at all. Like I, like I don't hate the Sixers. I think the, I, I really don't hate any teams. For some reason, in my mind, I've always really disliked the the Rockets. I don't know why, but I have. I think it's really because of James Harden. I I dislike James Harden. Actually, take that back. This is why. You know what? I used to like the Sixers. Any team James Harden's played on, I've started to dislike because I I dislike James Harden. But but I I think I'm also like the nicest hater in the world. I truly don't hate anyone. I'm like actually like very kind when I. And I'm not a Sixers fan by any means, but I I will admit that the Sixers. Last year, we were talking about Golden State having one of the best benches before this was a video I made. And I don't know if you had talked about this last year, but before the season started, I was saying Golden State might have one of the deepest benches. And this year, I'm saying the Sixers are replacing the Golden State Warriors as the deepest bench in the NBA preseason. What, Thomas Perry's comment? Yeah. Yeah. Golden State could easily take the crown if you have the guys like Moses – you know, Kaminga and, and uh, James Wiseman take those leaps like Jordan Poole did. But those are those are ifs. If my yeah, aunt yeah, had, yeah, exactly. if my aunt has balls, she'd be my uncle. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Uh, if the Warriors players take the jump, then yes, they would have the best bench. But right now, on paper, with what we know of the players are capable of doing, I would say the Sixers have the best bench. Not my aunt. If she had balls, she'd be my uncle. 
Well, actually, Cyril, maybe they have they them, and you can't you can't say that. I have eleven people who are they them, or they them, or they some. They're either non-binary or trans in my theater class. There's nothing wrong with that. You can be whatever you want. <laughs> I have nothing against it. But the other day, I'm talking. This girl that they told they <laughs> named Ellen. We were in a discussion talking second day of class, and they had said something. And instead of saying they, I said she said a good point. And she cuts me off in the middle of my discussion. She goes, um, it's they. I'm like, I look back, I'm like, I'm sorry, Ellen. I'm sorry. I was like, you look like you there's nothing wrong. There's again, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just like, don't bitch at me. Like, there's 18 people in the class. There's eleven of you who have those pronouns. I'm the only one not a theater. Like, don't come at me. Like, bro, like this is my second fucking class. Okay. Like, I don't have any friends who are trans or they dumb. Like, they're all straight. <laughs> I mean, my day-to-day life, I don't deal with that. So I'm sorry that, like, like it's not even like I came over and I was being douchebag. Like, she, I was still in the middle talking. She cut me off. It's they. I'm like, you could have waited till I was done and been like, hey, Ciro, they, even I though my name is Ellen. Like. Oh, Ellen, and it's a, a girl. Well, I, yeah, but I still want to see what they look like. Oh, they're ugly as fuck. <laughs> There's nothing about their their pronouns or their sexuality has nothing against me saying this. Okay, this is just me. If they were straight, if they were normal, they, they would <laughs> <laughs> You can't say that. Calling after this. <laughs> no, no. I'm actually. I have two sisters. I have two sisters and mother. I'm like not misogynistic at all. But what I'm saying is, um, if, if they were normal, I know I was, I realized as I said that, I was like, they are normal. But if they were traditional, what people will say, traditional gender norms, yeah, as the, the political correct people would say, um, they would be considered ugly as fuck. <laughs> That, like I'm in that class and I'm a goddamn model compared to everyone else. I should be on the cover of Vogue if those were. <laughs> There's another thing, everyone. If you for people who have not gone to college who are in high school still watching this or listening, you will learn the day you go to college that 60% of the human race is ugly. Ooh, that's a high number. I'd go at 90. least 50. You go 90 as ugly. I go 90. Yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, a majority of people on this earth are ugly. I'm sorry I go to 95. say. 95. You, I don't know. That's, I, I think 99. 60. I think just 60 of- is way. You're trying to tell me. All right. We can take, we'll take 100 people at KU's campus, just 100 random people. There is no way 60 of those people are attractive. And it's not a Kansas thing. There's just no way. Oh, There's yeah. No maybe way. I am. I'm skewing it from my eyes in Kansas. I, well, I grew up in a, I realized, and my girlfriend and I both realized, because we were like from, you know, like, middle class and i grew up in like a, a nice like a nicer upper middle class area yeah you had money like, fucker but like i realized we grew up in attractive areas where like all my friends in like high school like majority of people were attractive you know and like same thing with my girlfriend she went to private school like and like all the people she was around we always said this like damn we grew up in like our areas were attractive people you know because mm. then you go to college and like there are igors out here oh yeah 
there are like there are some people there are some people like i there is nothing like wrong like you know personality is what matters it's not what's out on the outside but like holy fuck there are some people that they hit the branch every branch of the ugly tree out the fucking womb okay people don't realize you could just just get in shape and you won't be ugly you'll oh. at least be like good enough look or that sounds so shit it's, like it's scientifically <laughs> proven that if you work out you're more attractive to the people i don't like and this is so shitty but like i, I like <laughs> 17 people I don't, watching us talk about this right now i don't really mess with ugly people because i feel like the way you look kind of shows the way you think so like i don't are you telling me you're you're you are prejudiced towards ugly people and you're not friends with ugly people because you don't you, you think people are ugly by choice? I think that people don't people don't realize that, but yeah, I'm not friends with ugly people. I mean, I don't. What if you're not like? What if you're at, ugly? <laughs> if I was ugly, then I know I'm not ugly. But if I was ugly, I'd probably have ugly. You're friends, aware but... if you're ugly or not. I'm sorry. Like, like I think. Like, we both know that we're, like, attractive people, you know what I mean? Like, not, not in a weird way that we're, like, just, you know, we're not, like, butt-fucking-ugly that, like, we shouldn't be on camera, you know? Like, that's what I'm saying. And I think there's people who are, like, normal-looking people who think they're – I think one pe thing people don't know is that they think they're way more attractive than they actually are. I think that's the bigger problem. I think more people are aware that they're ugly or aren't really attractive, while there's less people who think they are way more attractive than they really are. There are so many girls out there who post or even dudes who like post like their gym posts and shit like that, flexing and stuff. I'm like, bro, you, you, I don't know who you're showing this for girls who post on their stories and stuff. And you're just like, you're like, uh, you're a, a California too. And everywhere else you're like a four, but like, I love that. I love that when people go like, yeah, I'm like a California too, but like anywhere else I'm like a six. <laughs> yeah it's like a like a girl's a girl's a eight but she's a miami six yeah 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 <laughs> she's an she's an eight in the midwest but you know in uh miami or cali she's really a four bro that's how i'm gonna go about life you think you're attractive yeah i'm like a oh l i'm an la six but like anywhere else i'm a nine facial hair strong nine and a half <laughs> hate that i shaved my beard i don't like it at all i don't even you didn't even notice do you notice no i uh, a little little like now that you said it i can tell you clean shave i mean i can't wait till in a year i'm gonna have my beard trimmed weekly by like a barber that's the that's the goal well that yeah like the goal. maybe not a week maybe once a month i'll go to the barber and have him straight razor my face but Might as well wanted once a week it because we're beasts yeah well yeah i mean if i had the money my my goal is i mean i'll always have a little bit longer hair just because that's like my thing i like you want to see a geek ass picture i was watching a diego maradona um fucking documentary and i literally go holy fuck diego maradona and i have the same hair i don't know who the fuck you're talking about the greatest song I'm, I'm going for aaron Rodgers. Are we getting there? Can you do the uh can you do the uh con air look? I only watch the show for the looks. <laughs> it's always funny when uh I'll sometimes like post my face on a golf balling story and I'll get like a couple people saying like oh I always thought you're ugly. 
Same hair as Diego yeah. Maradona. Yeah, you do look very similar. <laughs> Literal. <pretty> cool. <laughs> Same. I could just search up like any when people tag me. Also, wasn't that so geek what I sent you today? I'll, I'll pull it up right now. That I was like, I I commented on like a. a oh, RJ. that was cool. Yeah. I'll pull yeah. it up, and the guy was like, "Oh, I didn't know it was you." It's like, "What up?" It's like, yeah. it was a cute little moment. I, I I felt honored. The guy had like a thousand subs, so I was just like, That's "Oh, word. realize, realize." I'm actually he's a Knicks he's a Knicks YouTuber. I was thinking about DMing him, seeing oh, him come cool. on the show. This guy yeah, is that tomorrow? No, tomorrow is the Boston Celtics guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, tomorrow South. Dude, I'm gonna know so much more than him about the Boston Celtics. I, mean, I can't right. wait. I'm gonna be. I think I'm gonna be quiet and let you take a lot of the lead here. Well, most of the thing I do is I just let them ramble. That's what they teach. Yeah, in yeah. In yeah. journalism, the key is when you interview someone is be as quiet as possible. When you but, think you should talk, don't talk because people, when you're interviewing them, if you just stay quiet, they'll feel like they need to keep talking more. Dude, I'd learned that way too late. Every interview I listen to. Or like we're we'll do it on the golf podcast. I listen to. I'm like, dude, I need to shut the fuck up. Like, I get so pissed off at myself whenever I listen. I was just listening to. I had I did an interview for a podcast in January, and I hate. I I was like, fuck, dude, this is so bad. Like, it's just so fucking bad. But I do have my point on beat writers is they are never gonna say anything negative about anybody on their team because you need to keep your connections no, the- and relations high. No, the beat writers are the most negative. Really? I've never yes. I, I've never noticed that because I'm like I'm thinking if I'm a beat writer, I'm not gonna go shit on KPJ because I want KPJ to interview me and have a good relationship with me. No, nah, um beat writers are the harshest on the team. What? Beat writers are yeah, they're the most honest, they're the most brute. They're the ones beat writers are the ones who write what the diehard fans are feeling. So if they're pissed at a fucking player, they're gonna write that they're fucking pissed at the player. That's why why NBA players hate beat writers. <laughs> but tomorrow, can we, huh? Can we do like a? I don't know if you like if you're preparing anything in advance, like shoot it my way or something. Just so I yeah, I'll send you I'll send you my questions here. I'll probably but just yeah. ask like a question or two. But yeah, I'm like trained on how to interview people, and that was like something I learned in college. And it's basically one of the things you do in the interview. I just sit there quiet as fuck. And I don't speak until like I'll count literally 15 seconds after they stop talking. And then I'll start talking because they teach you in journalism that if you just stay quiet and you interview someone, that person, if you just don't respond, they're going to feel awkward by the the silence. So they're going to keep talking. So they'll might let something slip. That's good life advice in general, too. Yeah. So with that being said, tomorrow we're having a writer for the Boston Celtics for fansighted.com, Justin Trombino. I interviewed him previously on my main channel. I have, if you guys want to see, it's like a 40-minute thing. I'm having him actually come on 30 minutes into the show so he doesn't take up the whole show. And Huh? 18. 18. 18. Is that a career high? No, I think we've broken 25. This show is leveling up, folks. We're about to hit 1,000. It's starting with the Jepper polls. Either way, if you're all right now, because we are going to wrap up. Oh, we're at 19. But right now, if you do enjoy the show, hit that like and subscribe button and be a friend and tell a friend. We're growing this shit. Hopefully, we can hit 1,000 subscribers before the NBA season starts. Yeah. 
anybody in the NBA media can go fuck themselves because we started an NBA show in the it, like right at the start of the offseason when it's the worst time you could start an NBA show and we grew a thousand almost a thousand subscribers over a fucking offseason when there's nothing to fucking talk about. We gained a thousand subscribers talking about the same bullshit on a day-to-day fucking basis. So if anybody doesn't believe in, if you build it, they will come. You're fucking wrong because Rome wasn't built in a goddamn day. I got really heated right there. I got really heated. No, it's so cool. It's so cool. Like, it's cool. Like, I just view – I view this show as such a long-term career, like, move. Like, I plan yeah. on doing this for years. <laughs> so do I. No, like, the yeah. plan is – I literally – like, every job interview I've had so far with a news station, I'm like, do you guys have a radio station? And they're like – if they say yes, they're like, why? I'm like, I have an internet show. I want to bring it to radio. And they're like, okay, that's something we can definitely talk about once, like, if I work there. And this is the plan. I mean, obviously, the dream is to get on SiriusXM, so because we fucking hate FCC ruling. But, uh, you know, the goal is is to get this onto SiriusXM, or really just to get this where we're making a shit ton of money off, yeah. off the lives. I mean, we're getting 500, 600 views off of fucking live streams right now. That's crazy, yeah. Okay, so imagine once we can have a 1,000 people live, okay? Like, the plan is we are the only daily internet NBA show in existence. We're the first one. I don't know if the first one ever, but yeah. as of right now. I just thought it was really cool saying – because uh, I I did the winner I gave it the winner to Chris for the work he did he did some work for me too um, the PayPal or the like the twenty eight bucks thing but I just thought it was so cool saying like somebody was chatting and they were like damn I was you know I was here for a little bit I paused it came back and watched later so I'm just seeing it now like it's cool how many people listen to it um, once we're off off air I'm glad people are able to just enjoy it, sit back and not feel like I'm glad we have we it seems like right now we're we have a nice little blend of like our 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 OGs like guys like Thomas, Aaron chatting and then we still have like a bunch of people just watching from afar. So Yeah. No, and it's gonna grow. More people will come and people will learn the name. The clips are taken off, it's all gonna come together. And it's going to be beautiful because this isn't just yours and I's project. This is everyone. It's a it's a group project because when when we make it, y'all make it. And like at the at the end of the day, like my dream is like to hopefully like one day like to do shit. You know, obviously this is a a fan driven show. Yeah. Okay, none of this is possible without y'all. Every comment. Every time you guys show up, I look forward to it. I know, you know, we literally talk to Aaron on a day-to-day basis. Same thing with Thomas, basically. And, like, that's the beautiful thing about it. And when we grow, you grow. And we want you to be part of the ride. Like, everyone else to be part of the ride just as much as us, you know? Oh, yeah. All right. I got to go do shit. I got to go fucking do some life shit and fucking homework. I gotta pack my whole fucking basement together here. Yeah, you're moving. Yo, wasn't that house I sent you dope? Fifteen hundred dollars for yeah. a screened-in pool with a fucking. Mm. I was about to say, like you and you and your girl looking for roommates. Oh, well, I was. Well, the thing is, is like in a year basis. When I start looking for places, and let's say you don't like the place you live at, maybe we can talk in like December. Or January, if like after three, four months, you guys are already thinking about moving when your lease goes. Oh, up. true. Yeah, 
True. And then we can line something up where maybe you can find a sublease for so you can move out of your place early and then you can just move in with us and we can do like a fat house. It feels shitty though. Like it like I don't subleasing? Think, no, like I don't think your girlfriend's gonna wanna like I I feel bad. Like it's just I feel like it's you know, twenty three. I wanna get my own place is ideally the goal. Oh, yeah. It'd be sick if we had like a studio and we're just pulling or even like a studio in your fucking house like a room yeah. or whatever well, i mean I obviously sure. the goal is to try to live next to each other so we can have a studio we drive to that'd be so freaking dope dude that'd be so sick and then we we could start doing stuff like like for, i don't like fresh and fit too much but they're like a big podcast and one day they just did an after hours they like went out and were rocking a buzz and came back with some girls went live and it blew up and there's just like endless possibilities well Mac, if he does an after hours every show his show's from 11 his show's from 12 to 3 Eastern time on Sirius XM, but he shows it on YouTube. And, you know, but at 3 p.m., he goes off the air on Sirius XM and stays live for another 30 minutes to an hour on YouTube. And they call it after hours. They throw up a cue and they're that's like, sick. after hours. Yeah. And that's when sometimes they'll smoke weed on air or like drink. Dude, that's sick. Fucking hurry up and graduate and get down here, man. Come on. <laughs> I know. Give me, give me nine months. Give me nine months and I'm done. I gotta start playing to grad school. Fucking year. <laughs> I know. You got nine months of college. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. Fuck you. Right, I'm pumping out videos on campus. Oh really? Yeah, you saw I pumped out one today for the uh, Montrez Herald trade, and then was it was yeah, that on campus? Not, not Montrez. The uh, Warriors workout. I I did that in the bathroom. Right. Yeah, bathroom acoustics and all. All right. All right. I gotta go. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thanks, everyone. Peace.